When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wondering what's next in your business or personal life? Welcome to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings, a podcast dedicated to helping you with all of life's challenges, discoveries, and opportunities. Whether you're seeking a new career, retirement, or simply wanting to make an impact in your community or the world, join Jen Duplessis and her guests as they explore how to start, what to do when you're in the thick of a change or growth, and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Success to Significance. This is your host, Jen Duplessis, and I have a wonderful guest with me today, Mr. Alex Stern. I want to take this opportunity to read a little bit about his bio, which is long, by the way. He's (laughs) done a lot of things. You've done a lot of things, Alex. Let me see if I can condense it just a little bit so that everyone knows some context of who you are, and then we will dig in. So Alec has more than 25 years of experience as a founder, investor, and hyper-growth agent for companies across various industries. As a primary member of Constant Contact's founding team, Alec was one of the original three who started the company in an attic. Alec was with the company for 18 years, from startup to IPO to the $1.1 billion acquisition of the company. He performs hundreds of keynote addresses, which is where I met him. We've shared the stage together and hung out and done other things together too. He's known as America's startup success expert for his popular sessions at conferences like Secret Knock, CEO Space, City Summit, which I um, have been with him at several times and, and many, many others. Inc. Magazine, Let's see, Alec is the keynote speaker at three out of the top five Inc. Magazine must-attend conferences for startups and entrepreneurs in 2019, which consisted of Secret Knock and some of those. He appears in the Influence 100 Authority list by Influence Magazine, and he has been featured on the covers of small other magazines such as Small Business Trendsetters, Success Profiles, Business Innovators, etc. And in 2020, he won City Gala's Visionary Award. And the Habitude, I'm really curious about this one, by the way, the Habitude Warrior Conference Global Awesome Visionary Award. That is a long award. That must have been a big award to fit all those words. You can see it over my shoulder. uh, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a big one. So he's one of the Northeast's most accomplished entrepreneurs. He is a limited partner in Boston-based G20 Ventures. He is also an angel investor. And one of the things I really love about you is that you're an accomplished drummer and that you've had the opportunity to play with Toby Keith's house band in Vegas. And I I know that there was an event that we were at together and you were going to be featured. And I think I had a meeting or something I couldn't go go and see. And that's when I first learned that you were a drummer. And I said, oh, how fun is that? (laughs) So anyway, I didn't get a chance to see you, but I'm sure I will. But I I just want to say thank you so much for taking time with us today to share your story. So obviously you've had lots of success. And, you know, as we talked before we went live, I know you in that realm, right, of success and, you know, and just sharing, I don't know, real fun things that we've shared together, like the watches we bought, right? Craig's watches that we bought. And, but I see you as, you know, someone who's such a giver 
And that's the first thing I think of when I think of you, Alec, is you're just such a giver to people and and you're very humble about it as well. And I, I appreciate that. And so I know that this may be uncomfortable or maybe not, you know, for me to ask you to tell us about your story. So I just want to hear a little bit about the early years, the early years of Alec and, and where were you brought up and what brought you to this point that, you know, is everything before the attic, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate that. Uh, uh, certainly that was a great intro. I definitely appreciate that. So my journey began, you know, I was born in Boston. My mom was from Boston. My dad was from New York. So we were living in Connecticut at the time. They were. My mom came back up to Boston to have both my sister and I separately. And so I lived in Boston for five days and then moved to <laughs> Connecticut where our house was and lived there. Went on to live uh, teenage or uh, 13, I guess, moved to New Jersey. I went to Syracuse for college and then I came to Boston after college. And since I was eight, I, you know, we had cousins up here who visit. I said, since eight years old, like, I'm going to live in Boston someday. And so I followed through on that kind of right out of college and broke away from everyone and came up here uh, in Boston, where I am now, to start my, my journey. You know, I had a lot of things that were I had to overcome, you know. So from the age of three to about five and a half, I was in and out of Children's Hospital up in Boston, even though we lived in Connecticut. With uh, I had a, a hip disease, and so I wasn't allowed to walk. I had to be in a wheelchair, braces, crutches. Wow. And the, the way they treated the leg hypertrophy disease back then was limiting any kind of mobility for fear that it would do damage to the, the hips, which was a lack of blood flow for, for growth. And they just, they just wanted you to be sort of sedentary. Right. Um, so here I'm a little kid and I wasn't like everyone else and I couldn't play like everyone else. And yeah. um, and anytime I tried to stand up, I got yelled at. And, and it was just, a, you know, it was a, one of the first things and I remember it vividly just, you know, to today. And, and it was one of the first sort of things that for in my life that I sort of had to overcome and a challenge that I had to, had to navigate because it wasn't normal and, and I couldn't be like everyone else, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and especially as a child, I mean, that, that, you know, I have grandkids and they are running everywhere, right? At this age. Yeah. yeah there's no way that you could have them sit. So that must have been traumatic for you. So when that happened, do you see these days that there's something that still is an underlying issue as a result of that for you? Well, no, uh, physically, there's everything's fine. I mean, I, most folks kind of grow grow into what they need to with regard to you know the hips and blood flow and everything else. And I was fortunate to be so, and so that that went away. And you know, then I sort of became a, a normal kid, and uh, both you know physically, and I don't carry it with me, you know, even right. sort of mentally these days. It's part of who I am. You know, right. starting with some adversity pretty young, and I had some other other things that sort of kicked in along the way. But I guess it shaped me to not, not uh, let it weigh on me, don't carry, you know, I don't really carry it with me and just sort of, you know, handling obstacles and things in life, both with business and personal, or there's an art and a science to how you address those. And right. I, talk, I talk about that often when I speak because especially in business and if you're starting it, if you're a startup, you know, you see obstacles daily and sometimes many times a day and, and it's how you address those, break through those, make, will, that's what will make the difference from you succeeding or not. Yeah. 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 So at least you carry that. And I know that, you know, you had, so you went to school, right? You went to college. And so what was your degree? So I was at Syracuse University and I had a degree in business and marketing. Okay. Uh, I wasn't uh, just kind of growing up and stuff. You know, my mom was an entrepreneur and she had her own own small business and I often got pulled in to to do things with her. She, She was an event planner and also did a lot with all the kind of promotional items and, and customizing things for different right. events. 
And so I get woken on us early on a Saturday morning as a teenager to <laughs> get dressed up and put a bow tie on or go do something for her often. Um, and my, my dad was uh, very successful as an intimate apparel as a designer and led the designs of, for many companies, but he wasn't really sort of present. He traveled a lot uh, and, and just, just, he wasn't there much for us. And they ultimately split uh, when yeah. we were older. And but so your mom, I bet your mom really taught you a real strong work ethic though. Yeah, I mean, they both did. You know, I, in fact, I saw in my dad because he was he was definitely a workaholic that I didn't want to go into business because I saw how hard he worked. Mm. So initially, I thought I'll go to college and go. I, my major was sociology, and I did it for a semester. And then I said, "This isn't really for me," and switched <laughs> into business school. Right. Uh, but but I honestly was you know I'd seen sort of like seen it in a way that I didn't want it. Although I saw my mom, you know, and, and how she really sort of had the drive and then the success working as her own sort of boss. For me, when we were kids, if there's something you wanted, you had to work, go work, go make some money and get it yourself, you know? And yeah. so I was an entrepreneur at eight, nine and 10, mowing lawns, shoveling driveways, yeah. car detailing, waxing, washing, whatever, all odds and ends for the neighborhood. And and did that all the way up through, you know, when I went to college. So I learned if I want something, I got to go get it. Yeah. Yeah. And so you have that drive, you know, in your DNA. I mean, it really just becomes, you know, part of your DNA. And I think that's, you know, as we're recording this, you know, we're right in the middle of the coronavirus. Well, we don't know if we're in the middle, right? We could be in the very not beginning. Quite, not quite. <laughs> in the very beginning. Yeah. yeah. And our, our uh, governor last night shut us all down until June 10th. We are now confined until June 10th in Virginia. So we don't know what we're going to do. But I think that that really helps with the drive because I know a lot of people are at home saying, now what's next for me? You know, what's happening? And this is a great time for you to be thinking about what you truly want in life. And if you truly want it, you have to have the drive to go get it and you have to get off your tushy and go get it, right? right. But also on the business side. So yeah. I'm talking to a lot of startups that you know, meet th- hundreds of thousands a year and yeah. so much with many that, that I'll, now they're not quite sure exactly kind of what to do. And this gives us an opportunity, both personally and professionally, to, you know, they talk about social and physical distancing. I, I call it long distancing because mm-hmm. I'm actually now checking back in with a lot of people in my life that were always very special to me. But, we, you know, as life goes on, we just lose touch. Right. Uh, this opportunity personally to just reengage and, and reconnect and build back some of those amazing relationships I've had in the past. So I call it long distancing, calling friends that are, don't live near me that I wouldn't see often. But on the business side, I've, you know, I've talked to folks, you know, everyone's like, what, well, what should I do now? What should I focus on instead? And what I'd say to them is that this is your opportunity to look at things, step back and look at things strategically. We get caught up every day in the tactics. So yeah. people are doing their day to day and you get on that hamster wheel of you know, doing things tactically and try to build your business and have success. But this gives us a time to take pause to say, okay, let's look at it strategically. And we, uh, with several that I've been on the phone, phone with and we've had video conferences and so forth, we've had breakthrough moments on stuff within their existing business for staying in the lane that they were in, but maybe just shifting over a little bit and finding an opportunity. And so that's been really rewarding for me to, to assist in helping them see that. But I think people taking time now to look at things you know, more strategically. And so getting back on their vision and how we're going to get to that vision and not be so caught up on what they're doing day to day. Yeah. And I think that's really important too. You know, the law of polarity, right? Is that, that we're all, not we're all, but many people are stuck in fear versus freedom, right? 
or the scarcity versus success. And so if we look at everything that we're experiencing in our businesses and see, you know, say, what is the polar opposite of this? And how could I look at that strategically to accomplish it? And I know I've had to do that too. You know, both of us are speakers. We're on the road all the time, speaking all over the country and all over the world. And now we sat down and I said, oh, goody, I get to do all the admin things, you know, and I uh, have my admit- my assistants do some more admin things until I realized, wait a minute, there's a shift that I need to be working on as an entrepreneur and those things are going to have to wait right. because that shift is what is going to bring me out on the other side. And I have a friend who has said that his pastor had said this recently, and I thought it was really, really cool is that a boat doesn't sink unless you let the things on the outside get in. Right? It's very good because that's what can happen to us entrepreneurs, right? Is that we let all these external things get in and that's what sinks our boat. And so I'm not bailing things. I'm just not letting anything get in. And I'm saying, how, where is my boat going to go right now? Because it is going to go in a little different direction, but I'm ready for it. Right? So I love that you're sharing that with people and having those breakthroughs come through as well. And I know that you've had, you know, we, we talked about this a few minutes before we got on here as well, that I know you had some other diversities and, and things that you've had to overcome and break through. So tell us about your experience with cancer. Yeah. So I want to be a poster guy for PSA testing for men mm-hmm. 50 and older. And if you had it in your family, even younger, and uh, have a great doctor and nurse uh, practitioner team for many years. And he went private into the home and she went to a practice further away. So I ended up switching over to someone that they had recommended. I uh, was with the, that team for about five years. And, they, and there was sort of the feeling like the test, you know, is, is it maybe an indicator, maybe not. And it just never got run. And I didn't know to ask about it. Didn't really know much about needing that. And so, you know, five years went by and we didn't have any results for that. I went back to the nurse practitioner who moved close to me again. And just in her normal sort of workup, she ran the test you know, and uh, came back and was above zero. And, and she said, you know, we don't have any history. I think we should just get some biopsies done just to be sure. And right, when they right. did, seven out of 12 of the biopsies had cancer and two were 90% and they were up against the wall of the prostate. And, and so I went in for robotic surgery. I had a great attitude. I thought I'll get through this and then I'll be that, that poster guy for telling everyone about the PSA testing. And so when I, you know, was going in for the surgery, I was high five and everyone and Asking to see the maintenance records for the robot. (laughs) I was just ready. It was go time and just get this thing done and a couple weeks kind of in-home recovery and and then I'll be on my way. And and so the last cut of the surgery, vessel burst and tucked up to where they couldn't get to it and robotically. And so it was too late to open me up. And, you know, they rushed to kind of those two minutes that they have to deal. And I lost 100% of my blood and went into shock and cardiac arrest. And so they were pouring in more, as much blood as they could to kind of replace it. They were able to revive me and resuscitate me so that the five-hour surgery turned into to nine. And I woke 22 hours later, they woke me out of an induced coma. So you know, tricky to go from anesthesia to an induced coma in the middle of surgery and you know, post-surgery. And so I woke and I looked around and the first thing I thought was, this is not routine. You know, there's doctors, nurses, wrong. Yeah. blood bags. I have all these tubes in my in my throat now, and they and I was so they put me under for a couple more hours, and then brought me out to take all the tubing out. And I didn't really recall conversations well for that, but then I was ambulanced to another part of the hospital for where the care was needed for for the situation, and I was there for for eight days. And and so 
you know, wasn't routine and it kind of really went south, but someone up there, she, mm-hmm. she was looking out for me and, you know, it wasn't my time. And so, so my perspective now is that I don't sweat anything, uh, small and even large for the most part. And, and I was always giving back and then I was paying it forward with trying to help as many startups and entrepreneurs and raising the water level of, of that you know, as much as I could, because I really took to heart the having the opportunity to work with some great mentors and go to conferences and see amazing speakers and get and be motivated and said, if I ever get asked, I will gladly accept. And of course, now that's hundreds a year, but which is great. But it, you know, for me, you know, it's just, it's given me not, a, I don't want to say a new lease on life because my life is, hasn't changed much, but it's given me a new perspective and, and that's to do as much as I can for myself and for, I've got a lot of ideas and co-founded now five companies uh, no, sorry, yeah, the it, Handy Cane, right? It's the one. Yeah, we as well, yeah, I was looking at that. That's pretty cool. I like that. <laughs> yeah, so it's you know, sort of yeah. a cane and a grasper combined, which is I love uh, it. Nature yeah. Grasper Cane is actually the company name, and and so so anyway, so we're working on innovative things in in markets that haven't been disrupted in seventy five to hundred years, and our billion dollar markets. So so we have an innovation think tank where we we're spun out three so far, and and have had some success in in that, but. But for me, it's uh, charge forward and give you know do as much as I can and help where I can and be there for others to to yeah, succeed. I love that. So, when did you have your cancer? Was this before you created Constant Contact, or was this no, after? This is, recent. this is 18 months ago. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. You know, I wasn't hiding. I'm not hiding the story. Yeah, yeah, and I was around you, and I didn't see it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want it to define me, and I wasn't going to let it bring right. me down. And you're doing okay now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Good. so stock on wood so far, and seventy percent chance it's completely gone. But I get tested every three, three to six months. And yeah, yeah. Well, I'm so ha- I'm so thankful you're here with us. I'm so thankful yeah. you're here. So I want to ask you this last question about when you started Constant Contact. So take us back to this attic, because a lot of people that are listening to this podcast are people that perhaps have had this long corporate job. Right. And now they're saying, you know, I want to make this transition. Coronavirus or not, they're at this age because, you know, we're the baby boomers are getting older where we've been in the careers for 30 and 40 years. Right. And now we're saying, okay, what's next? What else is out there for life? But they're, they're saying, I don't know if I can do that. I'm afraid to do that. What would you say to those people? You know, and you think back about how you were feeling, there's some excitement, obviously. Like, oh, can we do this? But there's also the risk and the the nerves. So what kind of advice can you give to people that are thinking about making a transition into becoming an entrepreneur that you feel would be, you know, resonate with people? Yeah. So the first thing I just want to say, everyone knows Constant Contact. So that's the one that always gets the billing. But I've started eight companies, five acquisitions, uh, sorry, three acquisitions and two IPOs. So I've been there and done that. And there are others, you know, people wouldn't necessarily know by name. And so I'd say I'm a serial entrepreneur that likes cereal. It's my tagline, I guess. But <laughs> That's good. Honey, honey Nut Cheerios, everyone wants to know what the cereal is. Oh, I'm good. I was going to say, what do you like? I like those too, and so do my grandkids. So, it's so, good... so that's this week's cereal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, I'd step back from the question just for a second and just say that on any, gate, any day, week, month, we're all experiencing products and services. We all see something like, you know, they could have done that better or that product could have worked better. I bet if it worked like this, it would be better. Yeah, we always are thinking these things. Everyone has that. So we, yes. we all have ideas, right? Right. And then I'll ask a room full of people, how many of you think you're an innovator? And 5% or so the hands go up. And the only difference between someone with an idea and someone who's an innovator, if you take the idea that you came upon 
and you share that with someone else or you run it by someone or you team up with someone and sort of vet it a bit more and, and really dig in, you're moving toward being an innovator because 80 plus percent of the companies that are out there today are not new. They're just taking right. an existing idea and executing on it better. So there's opportunity abound for people to start a business simply by just doing something that's out there and doing it better. And then the other 15 to 20% are new ideas like Constant Contact was and Uber and Airbnb and Facebook and so on. And yeah. so you can do either, right? There's honestly yeah. a lot more to do if it's something brand new because you're, you're having to create and promote a category, a new category of a product, and then ultimately your brand. And so there's more to it. But I would just say that to anyone that's thinking about it, you can't go at anything in life with hesitation because if you do, you're not going to succeed. So if you really, truly want to are passionate about something that, that you want to create or take a stab at seeing if it can be done better, then go for it. Don't hesitate. You don't have to quit your job. You may not have a choice, unfortunately, with what's going on today where you've maybe lost your job and been furloughed or whatever it may be. So now use this opportunity to work on that idea and then surround yourself with others that can maybe help you with the idea or others that could advise and mentor you with the idea. But most importantly, decide who it's for and go talk to them. And today I'm talking to target market potentials for products through Zoom and through other tools to conversation and just asking their thoughts about something. But when you do find your target market, first thing you want to do is ask them, what are their goals and objectives? What's not being met today? What do you want more of today? And they'll give you the roadmap for what they're looking for. And then if you can then share with them what you're thinking of doing, and it could map to helping them succeed, then you'll see that you have a winner. So you might feel you do, but don't guess at it. Just go have your target market to confirm that. And I would say to some folks that will, I hear it all the time, well, I was that target market customer before, so I know what they need because mm, I would yes. all changes yeah. every day. And I would just say, get out of your own vacuum and you know your own bubble and go talk to people because it does, you need today's feedback from that target customer because it does evolve and change. And there's many things like we're seeing in the environment and society and, you know, and all kinds of things that are hitting us that will change perspective. So I would say get out there and do that. And, and I've always been one to, if I really, I'm an idea guy. So a week doesn't go by, I don't have a couple of ideas. And oftentimes I want to run it by and vet it. And, and that's where you start. And that will, that's where it will motivate you. When we started Constant Contact, we heard so many no's. Like no one's going to use email as a marketing tool. No one can sell to small businesses, you know, around out on Main Street, you know, with an, out an army of salespeople. And I could give you all the no's. And to me, a no means not now, just so you know. I look right. at a no as it's just a matter of time before we'll come back around and potentially team up, work together, partner, or possibly get investment or whatever it may be. So I don't hear no. I never did as growing up and I still don't which did cause a little issues, you know, <laughs> my mother would say no many times and I wouldn't hear it. Uh, but nonetheless, so just get out there get out there and work with others, get that feedback and be driven by what your target customers are saying. When we saw we could, our customers, we would ask them what they wanted. They wanted more customers, stay top of mind, drive people back in, get new customers. They want revenue. And we could provide a tool, a self-service, easy-to-use tool that they could use to achieve that, then they got wide-eyed when they when we started to show it to our initial four customers that you know, that were sort of testing it, and they were like seeing you know we saw the promise and what we had. Then it was a question: How do we scale it? Right. So, did one of you have the problem too? 
Where did it come up? You know, because I think, you know, innovation is one thing, you know, as you're telling this, this whole story, I'm thinking about how many times something has come out. I see an ad, right? And our co-friend, Kevin Harrington, right? Where an ad comes out and I go, ah, why didn't I think of that? Why didn't I think of that? So was this something that, that the three, somebody had an idea or a challenge or a problem of their own that it came out? And do you find that happens with you on a regular basis? Or are you really just taking some downtime on a daily basis to, I don't want to say meditate. I just want to say some downtime every day to say, what are some things that are around my house that I don't like? Or where does that really stem from? Is it yeah. just natural or do you have so, to really think through it? So I don't take downtime in that situation to meditate. I take yeah. downtime mm-hmm. to innovate. To innovate. Yeah. Yeah. So you're just I'm always looking for things. And, and so, so that's just, that's yeah. who I am. So some of the companies before Constant Contact that I was part of that we had an IPO and two acquisitions that worked in the small business space. And we were on the back end, you know, like e-commerce and yeah. And payment merchant systems. And I wanted to move on the front end to do something to help them on the revenue side, help them grow their business and help them Got you know, it. gain new customers yeah. and so on. The kind of the original founding guy, uh, Randy, had a technology and he was working on some things that were kind of circling that. And so I, we were introduced by a mutual friend who was a entre- successful entrepreneur and also uh, an investor and so on. And he had, he had t- uh, said, hey, you, you, know, you guys should meet. You know, I'm really good on, on the go-to-market and getting things out getting things out, out the door. And he was great at working through and sort of figuring out how to work on those technically. Right. And then right. we had a third person, Margaret, who was the software architect. So they were really working on the kind of under the covers, under the, the iceberg, you know, under yes, the water. Under the iceberg that everyone was, I was working on what you saw. And so, yeah. so we just, we really clicked and we were passionate about helping small businesses. We wanted to help them succeed. And our real original mission was and vision was to how do we level the playing field for small businesses against their big competitors? Because Amazon and others were just really sort of firing up the marketing engine. Yeah. And they had enterprise tools, they had agencies, they had staff, and small wow. businesses on Main Street didn't have any of that. So right. how do we level that playing field, creating an easy-to-use self-service tool that all they had to worry about was, what do I want to say or send? Who do I want to send it to and when? And we yeah. wanted to take care of everything else. And that was the original sort of premise. We were wide-eyed with a lot of other ideas, many ideas to help small business. But we kind of, that was our core one thing that right. we started with that yeah. today is still the anchor of, of what Constant Contact yeah. provides. Well, and it's funny to listen to you say that because, you know, back then it was like, how could we help small businesses? And I thank you, by the way, for helping small businesses. But it was helping small businesses. And now we look at that and say, well, you know, everybody emails, everybody has a funnel, everybody has that. But, you know, you guys were really in the forefront of really making that happen for the small business owner. And look how far it's come. And I'm so amazed at what the opportunities are ahead of us that we don't even know. And so thanks for creating that foundation for everybody. I think that's wonderful. And thanks for sharing, you know, how that kind of came together. One of the things I always say is stop talking, take action, get results, right? It's be innovative, take the time to think through things, be innovative, want it bad enough, share with your community, your mentors, your board of advisors. And then the most important thing is take action because that's where you're going to get the results. So thank you so much for sharing that, that wonderful story. So as we leave today, do you have a quote or a mantra that you live by that you'd like to share with us? Well, I shared that too. I shared the one I know yeah. means now, but the other one I live by is that I you know, say often and have for many years of my career is that accomplishments are something to build on, not rest on. 
And mm. oftentimes in life, if we get like every day, like we make a successful call to a potential Yay, partner, well yay, celebrate. <laughs> and I would say, no, don't. You're, the energy that you're feeling, I just got the chills. The energy you feel. I did when too. I did too. Call. I have goosies. Right. I like make another call. Right. right. You're, they're going to hear it through the phone. They'll feel that energy. Uh, or if you're going to see someone, go see someone else right after that. And then you have a successful follow-on call. And then you make another one. You make another one. And then at the end of the day, celebrate. Okay. What is that again? Say it one more time. Sure. Accomplishments are something to build on, not rest not on. to rest on. I love it. Love it. Alec, I want to say thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for giving me the time and to share this with my audience. And I really, really appreciate it. And I know that we'll be putting a couple of links in there so people can follow you on LinkedIn and all of that good stuff. So that if you're listening and you want to have Alec be a speaker at one of your events, you can give him a call, see if he has the time to put you in. But I am so honored and so grateful for the opportunity for you to share your time with me today. So Thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I want to thank you because we, I know we've tried to schedule this for a while. So thank you very much. And thank you to your audience listening. Absolutely. So listen, we will catch you next time on Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings. You've been listening to Success to Significance with Jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact. Loved this episode? Be sure to subscribe right now at www.jenduplessis.com S2S for more stories, strategies, and thoughts to help you gain significance and success. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Join us next week for another breakthrough episode. Thank you for listening.